Hello, everyone. I'm Matthew Friedman, Matt F. The Oracle. Welcome to the Betting Pros Podcast brought to you by BetMGM, where you can get a risk-free bet of up to $1,000 when you use the highly original promo code BETTINGPROS with your first deposit. Here with me to talk NFL Week 12 Best Bets is Chris Meany of FTN. Chris, uh, happy Black Friday, I guess. it's uh, It's been a while since we talked last. How's the season going for you? Yeah, not too bad, Friedman. It's nice to to get together and chop it up. It's been a little bit. It's been a minute, I think. We're going to yeah. break down a game uh, happening this weekend that you and I broke down last year in the playoffs. And so that, that's going to be exciting to kind of revisit that matchup. But yeah, the season's been okay. You know, it's uh, some highs and some lows. We're on the positive side over at FTM when it comes to sides and totals. And and uh, hopefully we can keep things going here. We're just happy, man, to uh, to chop it up with you and, and break down week 12. We got the three Thanksgiving games uh, finished up yesterday and no teams on by and uh, lots of lots of action on the board. Yeah, it's it's the full the full slate, even though it's it's bifurcated with, uh, with right. Thanksgiving. But uh, yeah, 16, 16 games this week. So a, a full slate of action for week 12. Uh, so, Chris, uh, one game you, you sort of tease there, Titans Bengals. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. First, though, I have to talk about the Seahawks hosting the Raiders. Uh, okay, by the way, speaking of the Raiders, we're giving away a free signed Josh Jacobs Raiders jersey. Nice. Courtesy uh, of our friends from Pristine Auction. If you want a chance to win it, subscribe to the Betting Pros YouTube channel right now. Comment below on the video, and we will announce a winner on the channel in a future episode. So turn on your notifications. All right, the Seahawks hosting the Raiders. This number, uh, let me make sure I'm uh, getting the, uh, the most current number here. I'm looking at the Betting Pros odds page, and it's still three and a half across the board which uh you know opened at three and a half uh there's no vegas money coming in there's there's nothing it doesn't seem as if there's anyone interested in betting uh <laughs> betting the raiders and driving this number no. towards three here and um i think that makes a lot of sense when you just kind of look at the the on-field matchup and, and by the way you know geno smith i mean the the genesance it feels very real um i mean he's you know top five in a lot of the the numbers that you might look at in terms of quarterback efficiency and at home with the seahawks five and one against the spread going back to last year when he made three spot starts for russell wilson but this on-field matchup of the seahawks pass offense against the raiders pass defense I mean, that's just, it doesn't seem fair. Like I have in my, uh, my personal fantasy pros unit power rankings, I have Geno Smith as the, a top eight quarterback. Uh, I have the Raiders as my number 32 secondary. Like they are just so, yeah. so bad. Uh, the, the matchup of, of pass offense against pass defense, it could hardly be more skewed. If you look at dropback EPA, the, uh, the Seahawks are number seven. Dropback success rate, number three. Pass DVOA, number four. The Raiders are number 31 or 32 defensively in all of those metrics. And then given that you have the Seahawks at home, off the bye, uh, you know, and they have a true home field advantage uh, with the, the 12th man. I see them winning by more than a field goal. So I very much like the Seahawks here in this spot favored by three and a half. Uh, I have this projected for four and a half or five here, you know, kind of have to wait and see what some of the injury information is and, you know, make some adjustments there. But uh, I think this should be above four. Uh, and I, you know, I'm looking here at the outline. I know that you have an opinion on this game. Uh, what do you see here? Well, I agree with you um, right off the hop. I think that Seattle wins this game. One of the most 
impressive teams, really. I, their win total is five and a half. Five and a half, their win yeah. total. Uh, unbelievable. It's been one of the best stories, I think, so far this season in the NFL. And you mentioned Gino there. He leads the NFL in completion percentage. He's got a healthy 7.8 yards per pass attempt, which is fantastic. And one thing I'll add to the Raiders, a league-high 71.5 completion percentage allowed to quarterbacks. I mean, that is uh, an alarming yeah. number. And you got a guy in Gino who's been playing really good football. Uh, you know, I think apart from the game in Germany against the Bucks, you know, he's He'd say there's a couple throws he would like to have back in that game, but you got weapons here in DK and Tyler Lockett and, you know, obviously Ken Walker, what he's been able to provide to that uh, offense as well. And it's a defense that's kind of picked it up recently. Like they started off the season where it's like, okay, they're going to give up a lot of big explosive plays, but uh, Pete Carroll's got them playing pretty good defense. I like the over though in this game. I think that Seattle is probably good enough to get 30 points offensively themselves. I mean, I mentioned Gino and how great he has been, and you know, accuracy wise, and the 7.8 yards per attempt is seventh overall for a team, and going up against a team that can't stop anybody, you know, through the air and second down, third down, it doesn't matter. This team cannot get a stop. There's multiple games this season, the Raiders, when they were up in the second half of games and just couldn't stop, and knowing yeah. that the team was going to pass against them, they still had no answer for that. Uh, I don't believe Josh McDaniels is a good head coach. Uh, Pete Carroll is. That's why I definitely lean with Seattle here. But, you know, overall, both teams can score. I mean, you have Seattle at 25.7 points per game. It's the fifth highest mark in the NFL. And I know the Raiders recently haven't been that great. I'm going to give a lot of love to Denver's defense, but they have 55 points in two games against the Broncos. You can't take out a game that's happened. I'm going to be a little weird here and say that if you take out the zero against the Saints – Earlier in the season, when a lot of players were hurt in that game and sick, they had, and it was they had an a, early yeah, game, like a like a flu running through the team. Oh, yeah, the whole team. They put up a zero. If you yeah. do take away that game, they're averaging twenty five point five points per game, which is tied for Seattle. So they have done some good things offensively. It's just defensively they haven't been great. Adams got three straight games with hundred yards, six hundred yard games uh, this season. He's going to go up against rookie Tariq Woolen, who has been really good for Seattle, but that's a that's a mismatch, I think. You know, Devontae yeah. Adams got 44 targets in the last three games. He's just getting a lot of the looks from uh, Carr. And it's not like, oh, well, Renfro's not, Renfro's not playing, and Waller's not playing. These guys haven't really been playing all year. They haven't really been contributing yeah. to this Raiders team. So I think Seattle gets to the 30-point mark, and I do believe that the Raiders probably are good for two touchdowns. You get two good running backs here. Both teams are you know, in the bottom 15 in terms of allowing rushing yards and rush DVOA defense, according to football outsiders, the over is 47 and a half. I think it gets there and in a large part due to uh, Geno Smith and company. So I think we'll see a lot of scoring, but I don't think you'll have to really sweat it out. You know, you might get a couple late touchdowns from the Raiders, but that's it. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm with you. I have this projected at 48.6. Uh, I feel a little bit, I don't want to be overly leveraged on this game. So I haven't bet the side and Fair. the total, uh, and so I feel just a little bit better about the Seahawks uh, covering than I do about the the total here. But I, you know, I'm with you. My my numbers are, are pointing in this direction. Uh, and uh, man, that that Josh McDaniels experiment. I mean, it's is it's he probably going to go? One and it's done? probably going to go <laughs> past past this year because yeah. um, you know of financial issues. Sure. But right, man. Oh man, uh, it it it's not deserved. It definitely should be one and done. You know? Yeah, and you're hearing a lot yeah. of players kind of call him out too, right? For even after the game, I know yeah. Devontae Adams is a star there, but he's like, I don't understand the second half of game plans. He said that a couple times this yeah. season. Uh, doesn't understand, you know, uh, why the game plan changed. And I, was, I mentioned it earlier, a couple games, I know the 
they were up big on uh, Arizona, and then the second half they hardly scored any points. There's another game too. They they carried I think it was against the Jags. They carried a lead into the second half of the game, and then uh, for whatever reason, you know, these players are are saying the game plan is, is changed. And you know, again, like you said and I said here, defensively they're just not a good football team. So maybe he sticks around, but I think he's a better play caller than than a head coach. And I know he's got a complex offense, and maybe he takes another year you know, for everybody to get together, but who knows, maybe Derek Carr is not a part of the squad next year either. So maybe a lot of changes in Las Vegas. Yeah. I mean, there's, there is the idea that, and you've seen this with Shanahan before when he was, uh, you know, with the Falcons, Matt Ryan, wasn't that great in year one with the Shanahan scheme. He, he was the MVP in year two. Yeah. And so yeah. like, yeah, there's the possibility that it does take people some time to learn the system and for it to become something that's a little more second nature instead of like having to think about it. But as you mentioned, Derek Carr might not be there. And, and so like that would defeat the purpose almost right. of, of keeping Josh McDaniels. Uh, you need offensive continuity if the team's going to improve. So I'm with you there. All right, another game that, uh, that we're looking at here. Cleveland hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, at most books, this number is three and a half. It is three at BetMGM minus 115. So uh, you got some value there. And obviously, you can use the highly original betting uh, betting pros promo code uh, with your first deposit up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet. What side are you looking at here? So I know you're going to give a little bit of love on the show to have BetMGM. So I was like, ah, you know, let's take the three. Shout out BetMGM. But I'm still comfortable with the three and a half. You know, if you can't get it, yeah. maybe you're watching a little bit later on. Uh, I, I think the buy came uh, at a pretty good time for the Bucks. They finished, uh, you know, we were just talking about Seattle. And I thought they looked really good in that game against the Seahawks. Not just Tom Brady. I thought for the first time all year, they were able to have some success running the football. Rashad White, you know, topped 100 yards on the ground. He looked good. I'm still waiting on news on Leonard Fournette. I don't think he is going to suit up this week. And if he does, then it'll be a little bit of a one-two punch. But uh, when I was talking about the bye coming at a good time, I mean, Chris Godwin just scored his first touchdown of the season last year or last week, or I guess in Germany for that game against uh, the Seahawks. So another week off to, you know, kind of get his body right and maybe for Rashad White as the rookie running back to learn the playbook a little bit more and take control of this backfield because they've got nothing really from Leonard Fournette this season it was really nice to see White get going we've seen this over the past couple years with a lot of rookie running backs towards the end of the season Cam Akers two years ago kind of took off towards the end Javante Williams last year took off towards the end and this is a team that you can run on Cleveland 31st in DBOA yeah. defense, according to football outsiders, 27th against the pass and dead last against the run. They're allowing 26.9 points per game. It's number two in the NFL behind the Detroit Lions. Their rush defense, have they've allowed an uh, average of 140.5 rushing yards allowed over their last four games. And I know this Bucks offense hasn't been spectacular. I'm just talking about their best game of the season really on the ground. But their defense has been legit. 18 points allowed. It's the fourth best mark in the league. Eighth overall in D DVOA. Sixth against the pass. 11th against the run. Uh, Tom Brady is 7-1 for his career against Cleveland. Even if you don't buy into that, he's 15-5 and after a bye week. Uh, so I feel like the Bucs are, are, are really going to hit their stride at the right time. They've been a very mediocre football team. I, I haven't been super impressed with them been a lot of injuries on the offensive line a lot of injuries on their secondary but if you're giving me you know a, a three or a three and a half for tom brady after a bye uh with so much on the line for for this buck squad uh i'm gonna take tampa bay 
Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I I certainly bet this at three, uh, and I I do like it there uh, more than I like it at three and a half. Uh, you know the the hook. It's I have it projected at three and a half, um, but I will say you know I think there's you know, I, Chris. I don't know if you make uh, if you make actual projections or if if you you know create spreads or you know how it is that you go about doing it. You know like. Uh, when I'm doing this, I kind of, at this point in the season, I sort of know some of the limitations of my system. And like, I know that I'm probably not taking into account enough. The fact that, uh, this team is probably improving, uh, you know, like, and that Cleveland is probably getting worse as the season is progressing. Like this is the last game that they have with Jacoby Brissett before Deshaun Watson comes back. So, you know, like they will be having, uh, a, a changing of the guard there, but they're not going to make the playoffs. They're just kind of treading water till the next guy yeah. gets in. And like, it's, it, it seems like the mental state of that wouldn't be good, but the idea of, of Brady and this team struggling, but still being number one within their own division and, you right. know, having that clear path to the playoffs coming off of the bye, So like, you know, they're going to be examining what it is that they've done well and haven't done well to this point. So, even though I have this projected at three and a half, I think that there's there's room to the upside that favors the Buccaneers here. So I'm I'm with you, especially if you can get it at three. I think there's there's value there, and even at three and a half, if I had to take a side, uh, it would not be the Browns. I know that no. for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, right. I, again, I, I just watching that game in in Germany. I don't want to buy too much into narratives and stuff, but. It looked like the old Tom, like he just was fired up. He called out basically everybody on his squad. He had like a a lack of urgency and effort. And, you know, after that game, you know, he was just, he was tapping everybody. I know he's had some moments where he's tossed a bunch and he's again, another year where he takes the clipboard and he tosses it all. That's the Tom moments. And he's got some off field stuff going on too. But I just felt like watching that game looked like, really close to the Bucks team that won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Just kind of everybody, you know, on the same page, the effort was there. And it mostly, Friedman, it was because they were able to run the ball. It was to give them a little bit more of a balanced attack offensively. And like we said earlier, I mean, Cleveland just has not been able to stop anybody on the ground. Yeah, and on the defensive side, I mean, they had been injured significantly oh, yeah. up to that point. But, you know, getting back Carlton Davis, getting back uh, Antoine Winfield, uh, and then getting Akeem Nix back uh, in the middle of that defensive line. Uh, you know, without him, they were not that good against the run. They get him back, and then all of a sudden, they look like the old Bucks defense that can shut down the run. Uh, and, and then that obviously helps them in coverage because they don't have to be, uh, you know, they don't have to have eight men in the box to try to stop their run. So, right, exactly. Uh, yeah, that, that defense is starting to come on too. So uh, it looks like everything at the right time of the season is starting to line up for the Buccaneers. And I would just say, you know, kind of like anecdotally, I think you see that in different power ratings, like respected power ratings, where they have been slower than I think uh, most people would expect to move off of the Buccaneers. Right. Um, you know, in, in most respected power ratings, the Buccaneers are still a top 10 team in the league. And, you know, I think pretty cleanly, uh, the Browns at this point are not anywhere close to that. Like they are a, a bottom 10 team in the league right now. And even at home, um, I don't think the Browns should be getting um, getting the respect of, of, you know, a three-point differential there. So very much on the Buccaneers with you. All right. Uh, a game that is, uh, you know, looking back to last year, Titans 
against the Bengals. And uh, you and I are both on the same side of this. Uh, and I yeah. can't believe, I cannot believe that this number has actually gotten to three at some sports books. But, uh, you know, looking here at the, the betting pros odds page, and you have the Titans hosting the Bengals. And this number is three at points bet. Uh, let me see if it's three anywhere else. Uh, it was three at Caesars earlier. It's dropped back down to two. So two and a half at most books, but, uh, you know, a, a three out there at points bet favoring Cincinnati. And on the one hand, like I kind of get it. Cincinnati is, uh, I mean, they're, they're coming on. Their offense has looked really good without Jamar Chase for the past yeah. month. Uh, and, you know, there's the possibility that Chase does play in this game. And, and if he does, then I understand the, the move to three. And if he's there, maybe this number gets past three, yeah. which uh, would make me at that point, maybe even hungrier to be betting on, <laughs> on the Titans. But uh, I'm on the Titans in this spot. And, you know, there is something that feels a little bit dirty about it, because I think like when you look at some of the the the, the basic numbers, the bigger picture numbers, the Titans don't look great. Um, there's nothing that you can really point to to say like, oh, they do this one thing, particular thing that matters really well. Like defensively, they are really good against the run. But come on, like that doesn't really matter all that much. Like if your secondary is getting torn up, you know, so right. like I don't care all that much if a team is strong against the run. There's there's not like any one thing that you can point to to say, oh, the Titans do this really well. And this is why they're able to beat or compete with all of these good teams. But at the end, like they are always there against, you know, against the Chiefs, against whoever. They are always there competing. And I mean, Mike Vrabel as an underdog like that is the that is the guy you want to back. That is the spot in which you want to be on Vrabel. 22 and 12 against the spread as an underdog, 9 and 4 against the spread as a home underdog. And uh you know, I'm just I'm looking at these numbers and I think that the Titans have the peripheral edge. So I have the Bengals rated 2 points higher uh than the uh the Titans here before adjusting for week 12 injuries, but the Titans have a few factors in their favor. So they have three extra days of rest after playing last week on Thursday night football. And Vrabel is nine and zero against the spread with at least 10 days of rest between games. Wow. Like that's, that's kind of unreal. So, you know, yeah. the, uh, the, the Monday <laughs> night or, you know, like counting Thursday night to Sunday, or, you know, when he has the full on by nine and zero against the spread, with Impressive. uh with extra rest uh and additionally you know i said strong as underdogs we know that and then finally the titans have an unreal home field advantage over the past year uh like uh if you look at nfl elo uh an advantage of seven points like now that is something that has to regress but at the same time like i'm not going to assign them like a minimal home field advantage like there is a real home field advantage there that the Titans have. Um, like Nissan Stadium was just not an easy place for visitors to play uh, since the stretch run for the Titans last year. Uh, so I don't think that should be ignored. So you put all that together, and I have this game as like pretty close to a pick 'em. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's it's a pretty even matchup here. So if you let me take the Titans at home as two and a half, three point underdogs, I will be doing it. Uh, and and my my one fear is that I'm getting in on this bet too early 
You know, right. like I, I bet it at, uh, at two and a half when that first two and a half popped up out there. Cause I was like, Oh, fantastic. This rogue two and a half. There's no way this is getting to three. It's gotten to three uh, at a book. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe the market continues to move in that direction. And I'm going to hate myself that I wasn't patient <laughs> and I didn't get it when it got to three or three and a half. Like that's a, yeah. that's a possibility, but I am very much on the Titans on this. And, uh, and Meany, I think you like the money line here. I do. Yeah. I gave it on mean streets at plus plus one thirty. I'm kind of with you. I, I think I said the exact same thing you did on mean, uh, mean streets this morning was that uh, this could change. You could maybe get plus plus one thirty five, plus one forty, plus one thirty seven, or you can get three and a half. I see bet rivers is hanging a plus three Unibet plus three as well. I mean, I don't have too yeah. much more to add than, than what you said. I mean, this Titans team is, I, I think it's Vrabel, man. This guy's a really good coach. He gets his team playing defensively. They're strong. You mentioned against the run, even against the pass. I mean, they're sixth against the pass. They've kind of held Mahomes in check a couple times over the past couple of seasons. Um, they've beaten the bills, you know, over the past couple of seasons as well. This is a really good sound um, defensive squad and Ryan Tannehill is coming off his best game of the season, you know, at, at Lambeau, 333 yards, two touchdowns, trail on Burks, you know, being in the lineup does help this team offensively. If they need to throw the football, when these two teams played last year, this is what I was referencing. You and I broke this down and we, I, I believe we both liked the Titans at the time. We certainly liked the defense to get pressure on Joe Burrow, who sacked nine times in that AFC Which they championship did. They did get pressure. They did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they got pressure. Nine sacks. Uh, 32 times Burrow has been sacked this season. That was number two in the NFL heading into this week. Um, your Cowboys and Parsons got after Daniel Jones. So Jones has, I think, been sacked one more time than Joe Burrow this year. The offensive line was supposed to be improved in Cincinnati this year. I know there's been some injuries, but it doesn't look all that better. No Joe Mixon. Even if Chase does play, I mean, he could be limited in this game potentially. And in that game, Friedman, Derrick Henry wasn't healthy. You got a fully yeah. healthy Derrick Henry in this contest. So, yeah, I, I like the Titans. I like them to win this game. Obviously, the safer pick would be to take the three if you can or if you want to risk it and wait it out. But I, I really like what I've seen from this Tennessee squad. And every time I seem to doubt them personally uh, with the large spread against the Chiefs and, and holding Mahomes to like basically to nothing until that fourth quarter, I think he threw the ball like 62, 63 times in that game to get them back into that contest. So, yeah, this is a, it's a pretty strong team, and they're a really strong team at home, as you mentioned. Yeah, I mean, Vrabel, a couple of things. Vrabel is a guy who has openly said that he would endure castration if it meant winning a, <laughs> a Super Bowl as a head coach. I love that. Like that that's commitment. That's, that's hardcore. That's, you know, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's hardcore. Uh, Elon Musk would hire that guy to, to work at Twitter. Uh, that's yes. the kind of hardcore that, that he wants. Uh, so that's one thing. That's just like the type of the type of commitment Vrabel has. And then the second thing here, you know, I, I do build into my projections uh, some sort of injury uh, injury prognostications based on guys who missed the previous game here. And so up to this point, the Titans have been really injured this year, especially like last week, Thursday Night Football. Oh, yeah. You know, they were missing, uh, I believe, Bud Dupree. They were missing DeMar uh, DeMarco Autry, missing, uh, I think, like three starting uh, guys in their secondary. Uh, but, um, you know, looking now at the injury reports, uh, a lot of those guys are coming back. You know, so especially like, uh, you know, Ben Jones, who was out with a concussion, he's practiced unlimited, uh, limited usage here. Uh, I think there's a chance that he comes back. Um, yeah, Bud Dupree practiced fully Wednesday Huge. and Thursday. So like he so they are they are getting healthy. And so like I just know that I'm going to end up changing my projections and that will benefit the uh, the Titans even more here. So 
uh, that is that is something to pay attention to the injury reports here, which uh, look very positive. And then on the flip side for the Bengals, Joe Mixon almost certainly out, hasn't practiced at all this week with a concussion. Uh, and Jamar Chase might return, but, you know, far from certain. So, right. uh, yeah. yeah, I think the injuries, I think that is uh, something that is skewing in the direction of the, the Titans here. So, yeah, man. All right. Uh, another game here. This one is disgusting. <laughs> Broncos at the Panthers. This these are like two two teams that I don't really even want to think about at this point. But uh I got to say the under here which I think at one point reached like 35, maybe even like yeah. 34 and a half, but the under yeah. here it's I mean it is hilariously low. Uh I believe it is currently 36. Um but what uh, what are you looking at here with this game? What's uh, first? I want to ask you: What's the lowest total you have ever taken an under? Because I don't know if I've gone much lower than a thirty-six. I, I mean, I don't believe I've seen in the NFL a total lower than than thirty-six. Uh, you know, other than this total when it was like at, yeah. at thirty-five. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll say the lowest total I took was this at 37 <laughs> in the, the look ahead market because you know this game is disgusting and like you just look at these two teams and the question is like who's going to score like who right. you know who is actually going to score points and i mean i'm sure that's like the question that you ask yourself when you're looking at this like which of these teams is actually going to put up points you like the I under know. here talk to me about i do it. I do. Yeah. And I got on the 37 as well. And I honestly, I felt a little gross. I, I was like, what do I come in here as a third pick that I really like? Oh, I don't want to come in with Miami to win by two scores against the Texans, even though I do believe it's going to happen. And then I'm like 36, yeah. man, I come in, this is such a low number, but honestly, I feel like it's a 12, nine game. I just don't feel like any team is going to score. There's the threat here of, uh, of course, a defensive score. Let's give a little bit of love to the Broncos defensively. I mean, 17.1 oh, yeah. points allowed per game. This is the second best mark in the league 186 passing yards allowed per game it's the third fewest in the nfl a 61.6 completion percentage against it's a top eight mark and 5.2 yards per pass attempt it's the second best mark in the league i'm sure you've heard it i'm sure you've talked about it i've seen it all over twitter if the broncos have scored exactly 18 points in every single game they'd be eight and two if they scored 18 points in every game in regulation they'd be nine and one think about that for a yeah. second nine and yeah. one like last week if they had 18 in regulation against the raiders they would have won that game this is a team offensively that can't do a damn thing. I, it, I'm shocked. Like at this point, I'm not. But the first few weeks, I was like, "Wow, is this is this Russ? Is this Hackett? It's both. Um, it's 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 unbelievable offensively. It's it's completely the opposite, right? In this team, yeah. it's 14.7 points per game. It's dead last. 58. Yeah five completion percentage as a squad. I think there was one game Russ didn't play. It's the third worst mark in the NFL. Latavius Murray is going to have the backfield to himself. Great. He's averaging 3.3 yards per con per carry and yeah. yards after contact is one of the worst marks in the NFL. Uh, offensively, they just can't do anything. Now they're going to go up against a Carolina team offensively can't do anything themselves either 18.8 points per game it's 25th 6.6 yards per pass attempts it's 27 sam Darnold's going to make the start here he hasn't started in a long long time as <laughs> a team 58.4 completion percentage 31 i don't know maybe i'm overthinking it maybe it's just too easy at 36 points is not a lot of points a defensive score going to be sweating it out but both yeah. these teams i feel like are just going to run i don't think either team's going to have success running and i'm 
Sam Darnold I have no trust, no faith in. And on the other side, I'm not seeing anything that I've liked from Russell Wilson. So this is, uh, is going to be an ugly game. You may yeah. only want to watch it if you get involved from like a prop or a betting standpoint. But give me the under 36. And I can't believe it's the lowest total I think I've ever Absolutely. seen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I have it projected for 34.4. You know, I, I still, I still think there's value, here. there's value here to the under. Right. And it's like, yeah, I mean, the, the reality is like it, like this, as you say, like a 12 9 game, it's like that feels totally within the range of outcomes. Even 34.4 would be monstrously high. Um, yeah. But man, this, this number is just, uh, is so low. And so, yeah, you can see how it doesn't take much if something aberrant happens, like Russell yeah, Wilson leading a touchdown drive, you know. We'd be in trouble. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I mean, this, uh, I'm with you totally. The The Broncos are, like, if you had to construct an under team, you could not construct one any better <laughs> than the Broncos, who have the worst offense in the league in maybe the best defense, you know, right. <laughs> like it's crazy. Yeah, they're, man. they're nine and one to the under here. And it's, you know, given how incompetent they are on offense, it's kind of amazing that they're not 10 and zero to the under, um, you right. know, like the, and the market, I would say still has not caught up. Uh, and, and by the way, I mean, we talked about that Seahawks game earlier. How good is Pete Carroll feeling about himself this year? You know, I mean, Fantastic. like he, he won. He won. You know, oh, like yeah. He won. Yeah. Dude, yeah. that first game, I thought that was like the Seahawks Super Bowl win. Yes. You know, for, for Russ to come in and the way the NFL had that schedule and, and Russ is coming in and everybody's talking about the Broncos as legitimate Super Bowl contenders and they go into Seattle and, and Seattle wins that game. And of course, everything was made of kicking the long field goal and you the capital for Russ and then you you locked him up, you know, extended him significantly without even seeing a snap from this guy. And now they have to be like, oh my goodness, what did we do? On the other side, Seattle is fighting for a playoff spot maybe going to make the playoffs. Gino looks yeah. better than Russ. Yeah. And they're getting more from DK and Lockett this year than they got from Russ last season, you know, with that trio. It's, yeah, Pete Carroll won. He's a great coach too. And they're going to have a top five pick, most likely. Um, yeah. From, from that <laughs> no, trade. It's, 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 it's amazing. wild, man. It's, yeah. it, and, it's, a, it's a cool story on the Seattle side of things. Yeah, and part of the, the Gino story is, you know, like he's at this point the front runner for comeback player of the year. I think Absolutely. part of it is because Russ has looked so bad in Denver <laughs> that like that, that like helps boost him does, a little yeah. bit by comparison. Yeah. So uh, yeah. yeah. All right. I'm, I'm with you there. I'm on the, the under here of uh, 37 is where I bet it. Uh, I still think there's value at 36, but I did grab it at 37 in the look ahead market and uh, got to do the plug. I logged it in the betting pros app where you can sync up with sports books, get free betting advice and picks. You can track different experts, track line movement, track your own bets, and you can get sports betting alerts. Uh, and we monitor all the major sports books so you can see which book is offering the best line on a bet at any given moment. So download the app today in the Apple or Google Play Store. Okay, one more game that I'm looking at here, and it's it's kind of disgusting. Uh, but the Falcons at the Commanders, and uh, this line, I you know, ha hashtag not sharp. Uh, I bet this, I believe, at three and a half, and it's it's moved against me, uh, and it's now four and a half. But uh, I have this projected at, at two and a half, and like really, I don't see much of a difference between these these two teams. Uh, 
Marcus Mariota, six and two against the spread as an underdog with the Falcons. And, you know, they do find themselves in this spot. Um, you know, many power ratings have these two teams as close to even. For example, the football power index. Commanders, uh, 1.3 points worse than an average team on neutral. The Falcons, 1.6, uh, minus 1.6. Uh, the Commanders, minus 1.78. Falcons, minus 1.98 if you're looking at Massey Peabody rankings. So separated by just two tenths of a point. And then uh, NF ELO power ratings, commanders minus 1.8, Falcons minus 1.9. You know, like in my personal ratings, uh, which take into account, uh, you know, a, a number of things, but don't factor, uh, don't factor yet week 12 specific injuries. I have the commanders at minus two, the Falcons at minus three. There's not much separating these two teams, and they match up pretty evenly. Uh, on offense, the Commanders are number 27 in DVOA. On defense, the Falcons are number 28. You know, on defense, the Commanders are number 12 in DVOA. On offense, the Falcons are also number 12. Like there's, I, I mean, there are slight differences between these teams, but not enough to say, okay, when you take home field advantage into account, this one team should be favored by four and a half. Like, I just don't think that is at all the case. And the running and the passing games, no large edges present themselves for either team. Uh, and it's not as if the commanders have a remarkable home field advantage. So Falcons, four and a half, I will gladly bet them there. I think this number should be under three. Uh, so I will I will take it. Uh, Meanie, I don't know if you have any opinion on this game. And if you have a differing opinion, totally fine. I'd love to hear the opposite case too. No, I couldn't agree more, actually. I mean, I do like the direction of of this Washington team where they're going. Um, last week, I referenced, you know, plus 350 or 360 for them to earn a wild card berth. And I thought, you mm -hmm. know, if you did feel strong about Washington to jump on them now, I expected, you know, your Cowboys to beat the Giants. And then they have two games against each other. I think, like, um, it's coming up, like, two games. for. Yeah. I think for the Giants, they play Washington and then buy, and then they play Washington or, or vice versa with Washington. But they do have, like, a, a, a two games against each other over a three-week stretch. And as I mentioned, I do like this direction of, of where Washington is going with Taylor Heineke. You know, he's he's definitely the guy for them to gives them the best chance to win football games. And he's he's targeting his guy in Tara McLaurin, who is among the leaders in target percentage and air yards and things like that since Taylor has been, uh, you know, named starter. And I like the fact that they're getting Chase Young and, you know, it's a good run defense. But I agree with a lot of your points. Like these two teams are, are really mirror images of, of each other. And uh, I don't think that one team should have a three and a half no matter where it is. You mentioned the home field advantage. It's not that significant for Washington. So I view this as a field goal game is a lot on the line for both teams. I mean, they're both on the bubble here yeah. uh, to make the playoffs. This is a huge I mean, the, the loser is probably done uh, and the winner is, is, you know, more life for them to to maybe punch yeah. their ticket into the playoffs. But I think that this is going to be um, a low scoring game and it's not like hey Kyle Pitts is gone so the offense won't roll this guy wasn't really being used anyway so we've seen some good things from Marcus Mariota this year um, he's impressed me actually as a quarterback and it's part of the reason why Arthur Smith hasn't moved on from him you know they drafted Desmond Ritter I thought maybe you'd see something from Ritter this season that the Falcons would be one of the worst teams in football but they have hung around with good teams they have a couple Dud losses, but a couple big wins too, um, you mm -hmm. know, on their schedule. So, yeah, no, I agree. I couldn't agree more. Four, four and a half. I think that's fantastic. I think it's a field goal game. Yeah. And, and to your point, uh, I was also uh, early in the year, I had the Falcons, I believe, rated, if not my worst team, definitely in the bottom three. I, I had no you. respect for the Falcons entering the year. And I mean, they've, uh, they've proven me wrong. You know, they, they're very much 
right in the mix there as a I, like I don't think they're going to make the I wild card. They probably, but you know, like they're a feisty team. You know, like right. they, they are a team that competes. And Marcus Mariota, you know, let's say whatever. You know, fine. You don't have a lot of respect for him. <laughs> totally fine. It's not like he's a great yeah. player, but he's better than Taylor Heineke. You know, yeah. like. Mariota is number 15 in composite EPA and completion percentage over expectation. He's number 11 this year in adjusted yards per attempt, number 11 in QBR. You compare that to Heineke, who like is a a spicy backup quarterback, yeah, but okay. he, I mean he's number 23 in composite EPA and completion percentage, number 23 in adjusted yards per attempt, not really even on the board in QBR because he hasn't played enough snaps to get there. You know, like he's a a competent feeling, but he's not someone who like is actually going to be a long-term starter in the league. Like, no, you, you just, me, you only, you only like him because you only view him as a good quarterback. Cause Carson Wentz has been so <laughs> bad. You know Carson what I mean? Wentz. Like it's just, yeah. yeah, he's just an, he's just a, he's just a guy who is better than Wentz and who is filled in as a, he's been a backup his, his entire year. It's a nice story. Right? Yeah. I mean, they went into Philadelphia and they, they beat the Eagles. That wasn't really on Heineke. It was, you know, they're, they ran the ball all over all yeah. over Philly. They had long drives. That's it. It's not like Heineke's blown anybody away. No, I agree. Yeah. With you. <laughs> he's just he's not making the the back breaking mistake. So if you give me the better quarterback uh, on two teams that are pretty evenly matched, and I get more yeah. than a full goal, yeah, I'm I'm gonna do it even even if he's on the road. Uh, all right, I think I think that is all of the games that that we have here in the outline. Uh, I want to make sure that uh, you have the opportunity to tell everyone about everything you got going on at uh, FTN and where people can find you on social. So, uh, Chris, hit us with the info. I appreciate you. Uh, at Chris Meany on the Twitter machine, uh, running Mean Streets five days a week. It's like a multi-sports show. Obviously, a lot of football, but some NHL and some NBA sprinkled in. We've been talking World Cup uh, these days. So, just you know, a, a fantasy and a betting show. And uh, Dangle Bet Sally hockey show for any hockey fans out there uh, with Eric Young twice a week. Um, we're just uh, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So Mean Streets is at noon Eastern and uh, Dangle Bet Sally is at 10 a.m. Eastern. So, yeah, it's all free over at FTN Network, our YouTube page. And just grinding away like you, dude. Um, we're into we're into week 12 of the NFL season. It's uh, it's it's busy time to be a sports fan, but it's awesome. I love it. So I appreciate, you know, like I said, chopping it up with you. It's nice to see an old face uh and uh, appreciate you having me on man yeah it's uh it's always great to to catch up with you I, I gotta say out of all of the the people in the sports media space i think you have the best combination of breadth and depth in terms of the sports <laughs> that you cover you know like i mean the fact that like it's hard enough i think to to get your mind around the nfl but, you know, you've got hockey. You are, I think, the best hockey better, if not the best, one of the best hockey betters that I know. Uh, and then, uh, I mean, baseball, strong in baseball, strong in basketball. It's just, I mean, like you're uh, you're like a, a five-star, a five-star type of, of better. <laughs> you're being here. too kind to me. You're basically telling me I need a life is what you're saying. It's been a challenging week, to be honest, um, with like the, the way the NHL schedule is work. They, you, they give you 13 games on Monday, 15 on Wednesday before Thanksgiving and the three football games. But I'm having fun with it. I do appreciate the kind words. Uh, I grew up. You know, I, I think I could skate before I could walk. So I've been following that sport pretty closely. Uh, so that kind of just comes comes to me. But yeah, it, sometimes it is a lot to, to take in, but I'm having fun with it. And I appreciate the words, Freeman. 
All right. Uh, awesome stuff. He is Chris Meany. I'm Matthew Friedman at Matt F. The Oracle. Check out Betting Pros and Fantasy Pros for all of my work. Best bets, player props, fantasy favorites, player projections and rankings, and more. If you like the show, please rate and review on your favorite podcast app. That's going to do it for the Week 12 Best Bets edition of the Betting Pros podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Good luck and see you next episode.